Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Timonini. Matt Timonini, we just celebrated Stephen Joshua Sondheim's birthday and Andrew Lloyd Webber and Ivan Oblazada. Oh. Are there any more? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is um, Ivan Oblazada's was last week and... My- oh, really? Yes, it was last week. Oh, I'm an idiot. That's okay because I believe it was on Thursday because my brother and niece saw Hades Town on Wednesday and then they oh. saw Music Man on Wednesday night. Sutton Foster also shares a birthday with Eva Noblezada, I believe. So this is all just talking. We mentioned this last week when I was like in the hotel, like I saw this. So if my dates are con- confused, sue me. But we talked about the fact that they saw them <laughs> together the day before or day or two before their birthday something like that so it was uh, a nice little uh, a nice little bonus for them after the fact that's beautiful yeah. we love to see it yes we do. <laughs> um okay so here's what we're doing here's what we're doing everybody listen up so what are we doing this is what we're doing today what are we doing? this is what we're doing what's the buzz tell me what's happening <laughs> um famously famously Matt is going to start the show, shockingly, to lead us into the conversation about Broadway grosses because um, numbers. So take it away, Matt. Tell us all about the Broadway grosses that are finally back. Yeah. So we used to do this back in the olden days of Today on Broadway. Every week I would go through these and we finally. learning. Yeah. We finally got show specific grosses on Tuesday, Grace. And they weren't all that interesting. They were pretty much what we thought. There was a few numbers that stood out, which we can discuss. But in total, Broadway's 22 productions grossed 26656904 buckaroos, bringing the season to date total up to $149,468,579. Last week, Broadway's capacity was at 91.96%. Would have been higher if I hadn't gotten sick. But leading the way (laughs) was The Music Man at a pretty impressive $3,451,724, which I promise doesn't make me the least bit angry that they couldn't spare to exchange my $250 ticket because I was sick and couldn't (gasps) go last week. Wait, are you for real? Yeah, no, no, no. We called ahead of time and uh, Telecharge wouldn't, wouldn't do anything. So they wouldn't do anything at all. I should have I should have said I had like I was afraid of COVID. Then they would have done it. But I was being honest and truthful um, and they wouldn't do it. They, you were actually ill. Yeah. So my brother got like the post-dating information, but that's never going to happen. They're never going to have extra tickets to post-date me. So whatever. Anyway, uh, in second place was Hamilton at $2.27 million, followed by Wicked at $1.9, Lion King and Cursed Child, both above $1.7, and... The Plaza Suite at $1.65 million. Other shows mm. in the Seven Figures Club include, in descending Gross's order, Moulin Rouge, MJ, Six, Aladdin, Hadestown, and The Book of Mormon. In just three preview performances, Roundabout's Birthday Candles, starring Deborah Messing, grossed just $148,611. Next up on the grosses ladder were two other shows that are currently in previews, although both of them played full eight <laughs> show weeks. Take Me Out brought in just over $351,000, and Paradise Square grossed $355,401 even. Now, it is important to remember that with Roundabout and Take Me Out, or with Roundabout's Birthday Candles and Take Me Out from Second Stage, um, this is pretty normal that during previews we don't see a lot of money for plays, but especially from... 
uh, shows from not-for-profit subscriber houses because so many of their tickets go to their subscribers and those are backdated mostly to either right before opening night or after opening night. So this is a normal trajectory for uh, not-for-profit shows, you know, having low grosses in the first couple of weeks and then if they pick up to do so around opening. Now, Grace, in addition to these broken down show-by-show grosses, the league also released some data for every week of every show for the entire season. And I don't know that there are a lot of big picture takeaways from that information other than you know, shows that had COVID issues around the holidays were hit pretty hard. Like in December, Tina fell off a cliff from doing $1.4 million in the week that ended on December 12th. And then in the weeks ending on the 19th and 26th, uh, grossed just $131,000 and $128,000 <gasps> respectively because they only did one show per week. Um, and I believe that was on like the the end, like in the middle maybe. Um, so like they were trucking along doing really well and then boom, they lose out on those two huge weeks around the holidays. And then once you get into January when they were able to, when they were able to get back to performances, that's when everybody's gone. So it's like they really missed out. And that's why I was really surprised and honestly a little impressed that so many shows chose to go the route of shutting things down around the holidays because when Omicron hit, they could have kept trucking along, brought in understudies, and we saw a lot of shows do that. But by allowing the theater to sit dormant for a while, they really, you know, lost out on a big box. And we talked about it at the time. And, uh, uh, you know, it's that's not money you can get back. Also, interestingly, the week earlier this month when Patti Lapone was completely out of company, the show took a sharp dive from doing 351K during her last full week to just 515K in the week where she missed all eight performances. Um, you Which know. is such a shame because they had so much buzz, like social media buzz around the the understudy stepping in, yeah. you know, and, and that was that's so surprising to me. But I guess a lot of out-of-towners right. that had banked on coming to see Lapone return their tickets regardless. Yeah, correct. Like us, we theater nerds loved the fact that Jennifer Samard was on for Joanne and that probably actually helped them bring in some folks who had already seen it. But for the folks who were in town just to see Patti Lapone and company, like they probably, you know, either exchanged it for later in their trip or turned it in and bought a quarter of a ticket to go see Hugh Jackman and Music Man or something like that. But anyway, that historic data for all of the shows through the entire season is on the Broadway League's website and I'm sure on various theater sites, uh, you know, around the interwebs if you want to dive into all of it. I'm sure at some point Deadline and Forbes will do some larger examination of, you know, all of that information. But other than finally knowing what the specific numbers are, I'm not sure that there's anything truly new to learn at this point because – we knew what shows were doing well and what weren't like we can figure that information out by looking at ticket sales and all of that stuff and what are you know so um that information is good to have from a historical perspective and to be able to compare it you know and to know how things went you know specifically moving forward but like i don't think it changes really anything do you think this is even helpful for public consumption? Like, I can understand, like, investors and, and people that are making these decisions, like producers, et cetera, et cetera, um, to have that information. But why – I am genuinely curious, like, why Why do you have any thoughts on, on why the public needs this information? Because I don't. I just don't – I think it's counterproductive to the industry. Uh, you know, I don't – here's the thing. I don't know that there's the public that isn't – like super tuned into the industry anyway 
knows that these things exist. You know what I mean? Like, I know what you're yeah. saying. Like, it can be counterproductive if, like, Joe Schmo off the streets, like, oh, company only did $500,000. I'm not going to go buy a ticket. But the people who are going to be swayed by that probably aren't the people that know that the grosses are happening anyway. You know what I mean? So yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, I don't know that it has a major large scale thing, but I think it's definitely beneficial for those of us that are, like, plugged in to the industry to know, okay, right. here's... You know, especially like the Broadway League in their numbers um, did not do like a percent of gross percentage, which is the number that's always really interesting to me. We always talked about the fact that like um, when you look at those numbers back in the olden days, you could see how much, you know, they could have made and then how much they made. And then you can kind of look at it and see, okay, this needs to be probably at around 70 percent of gross potential to even have a chance of breaking even for a week, probably even higher if it's a bigger musical. So if a show's down around 55, 60%, like that could give us a prognosis for what is to come in terms of when they might announce a closing date. That was not part of this information yet. I don't know if it will be eventually moving forward, Um, but that was something that I thought was actually fairly helpful in terms of being predictive for... um, those of us who kind of look at these numbers, but for the general public, I think you're right. It's, it's nothing but a curiosity, but it's the same thing that happens with movies. Like people care about the box office numbers for movies. That's a big deal. And, and I don't know that they care about it as much with Broadway, but it gives us something to talk about. So I, I, I agree with you, but I hope they don't take them away. Well, it bums me out. Here, next, I'm taking over the show now with the with the news. I passed the torch. Go. There you go. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it's a little torch. It's a little baby torch. And on that note, I've gotten to see so many more shows than I normally would get to see because of how quick and easy it is to use Today Ticks. Uh, they've got amazing prices for some of the best theater I've seen. I was telling Ashley yesterday, like, the first time I ever actually used Today Ticks was to get tickets to A.R. Gurney's uh, Love Letters to see Carol Burnett on Broadway. Oh, yeah. And I... I had just come to New York and I barely had a dime to spare, but I was so determined to see that play that I had also like been in a community version before, but also like to see Carol Bernard on stage. And I love that Today Ticks is able to give accessibility to everybody. So Today Ticks is your one-stop shop for theater tickets with the best value on Broadway and beyond. Just download the app or visit todayticks.com to find a show that you want to see. Getting tickets is easier than it's ever been with the Today Ticks app. You can check out within 30 seconds of getting your tickets with ease. Yeah, you can book tickets month in advance like I often do when I'm coming into town or you can get things the day of if you're feeling spontaneous. What's great about it is is that Today Ticks has so many different ways that you can get tickets from like exclusive pre-sales that you can't get anywhere else at that time, limited time offers, digital lottery programs to sold out shows and day of discounts. I mentioned on the show on Monday like Today Ticks is regularly releasing tickets to Suffs at at the public theater. Um, They're completely sold out but occasionally like if you have the alerts they'll say new batch of tickets to Suffs is on sale you're not going to get them anywhere else if you want to see shows somewhere other than new york or broadway off broadway or even london's west end today ticks is the place for you you can see what cities they have tickets in like chicago la dc san francisco sydney australia and more they are always adding new places they have tickets so check out the website or the app 
See that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todaytix.com Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. That's promo code Broadway at T-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X.com slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase. Todaytix.com slash Broadway. The Lucille Lortel award-winning musical K-Pop is eyeing a Broadway announcement for the fall. Again, this is this always cracks me up. So uh, it, they've got a press event planned for March 30th at New York's Korean Cultural Center. We love to see it. K-Pop most recently achieved critical acclaim at Ars Nova. They worked with Mai Theater and the Woodshed Collective back in 2017. I... I love this, first of all. I love that they're going to make an announcement of like what we inevitably know. I love that on Tuesday, they made an announcement about making an to announcement. Na- make yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. This is such your actor friend posting exciting news coming up. And I'm like, shut up. Just say it. Like, <laughs> nobody's over here. Yeah. Like, pins and needles being like, what are they going to do? Like, just tell <laughs> I mean, I totally get it. Like marketing, branding, um, build build the hype totally. Like, you know I'm that person. But it's just always the funniest thing being like, hey, 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 hey. Hey, we're going to tell you something. And we're going to we're gonna tell you next week. And it's just like, okay. I love it. <laughs> um, no worries. So that's, that's what we've got coming up. So we'll keep you posted on anything that we hear. But in the meantime, I feel like we, we kind of know the exciting inevitability of a fall moment for K-pop. So let's go into um, awards chatter. Besides the whole bit, which I teased about yesterday, about Rachel Ziegler not being invited to the Oscars, that girl, first of all, bullying works. If you ever wondered if internet bullying works, it absolutely works because she is the, of course, star and um, of Best Picture nominee, West Side Story. She plays Maria. Um, basically, the internet combusted yesterday because she posted a comment on a photo of a comment that someone said, like, oh, my God, we can't wait to see you, like, at the Oscars. We can't wait to see your dress, blah, blah, blah. And she basically said, oh, um, actually, I wasn't invited. And she wasn't at all, like, you know, rude or, like, it, she was literally just, like, matter-of-factly, like, actually, I wasn't invited, so I'll be cheering it on, you know, from home. And everybody absolutely lit up the Academy and said, she has to be invited. Are you insane? And and like I kind of like commented on this because yesterday on the show because I I see both things. Like of course she should be invited because she is the star of a Best Picture nominee that has gotten a lot of attention, a lot of buzz. She has just a, alongside Ariana DeBose has gotten so many opportunities at being attached to this particular production as a breakout star. However. She is not nominated, number one. Number two, because of tight COVID times, I would not be surprised if the guest list has to remain tighter than normal, like as in nominee plus one and then selective press, and then they just have to figure it out from there. So I know that there are a thousand factors in things, especially when it comes to like celebrity and press events. So, but, but, but the internet absolutely said, please no. So today they announced that she will not only attend as an, as you know, an invitee, but she will also be a presenter at the ceremony, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. So here's what happened here. Rachel Zegler is currently not in the United States. She is currently filming Disney's Snow White in London. She is number one on the call sheet. So she is the first person Every day shooting. She's Snow White. Yes, she is Snow White. Disney did not want to put to shut down production to have her come over 
to the Oscars. That's what's really at play here. Apparently, based on um, some things that came out later in the day on Monday, this has been an ongoing back and forth between Zegler's people and Disney about her wanting to be there and them not wanting to shut down production of Snow White for multiple days to have her there and worrying about the star of a major motion picture that they are currently filming traveling internationally during COVID and having to come back and that could potentially shut down things even longer. So I get that. I get that, Disney. But here's the thing. There's absolutely no reason that a young woman of color who is the star of a Disney movie nominated for Best Picture should not be invited to the Oscars on Disney's broadcast network because she's busy filming another Disney movie. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous that Rachel Zegler wasn't invited in the first place. And that's all on Disney because Disney controls how many people they can bring for these things. They they can pick who they want. Um, I did not see her original tweet, so I'm not going to say whether she was being petty about it or not. I have no idea. I trust no, she, I trust your reading of it. She wasn't. Yeah. yeah. She just commented on something else. She didn't make a post about it at all. She was just like, oh, I'm actually, um, I, I, we, you know, I tried, but um, I actually will be cheering it on from home. So it, it wasn't at all inappropriate. Yeah, but it's just, it's, Disney, and maybe it's because I live so close to Disney, like I don't trust them for anything, especially with everything that's going on now with the 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 Florida bill here. But like, how do you screw this up? Because her not being there, and, and of course her talking about it, acknowledging it publicly made it worse. But like, if she wasn't there, like that would have been something that would have been noticed. So I don't know. Disney, oh, 100%. Disney sucks. And, um, oh, you know, they, they screw these things up all the time. And I get it because she's in London filming and I understand all of those things. But Disney is a multi-bajillion dollar company. They can afford to shut production down for a couple of days to have her fly over there. Obviously, the COVID concerns another thing, but she needed to be invited in the first place. So I'm all for Rachel doing whatever she has to do short of like literally holding somebody up at gunpoint for tickets to make sure that she's there. Lord. Okay, so in casting news, um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Please do. I want you to know. Don't say it. Sing it, please. (laughs) No. Okay. Sierra, this beat is... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. (laughs) This is not the news that I thought. This beat is automatic, supersonic, hypnotic, funky, fresh. She is a Grammy Award-winning singer. She is the latest to join, drumroll please, the upcoming movie musical adaptation of The Color Purple. This, when I, this cast gets, it's like a hat on a hat on a hat. Look, I made a hat. This is the most effed up, exciting cast I've ever seen for a movie musical. I'll say it. I'll say it every day. Sierra is going to play adult Nettie. Um, Again, this movie is being filmed currently in Jekyll Island, Georgia. If you would have told me where they're going to film this film, I was like, anywhere else. Um, I did not realize it was being filmed in Jekyll Island. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Yeah. But it, it's not coming out until December 20th of what year? 2023. Yeah. This is interesting because she's playing adult Nettie. Halle Bailey is playing young Nettie. Um, oh, my God. So I can see that. They're both pop stars. They're both perfect. And they're both beautiful. Yes. And they both can dance. And I want to see a music video of a pop version of any <laughs> one of the songs. Yeah. And uh, unrelated, but Sierra's husband, Russell Wilson, just got traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. So lots of changes going on. Uh, for uh, the Wilson Sierra family. Sierra. Wow. She's changed my life once again. Um, okay, so Dolly Parton has long wanted to do a Broadway musical. She's talked about this before. However, a twist, a twist in this news story. So our queen recently said, 
we were talking about doing uh, my Broadway musical and we were like really, really, you know, far out ahead of that. And then COVID hit and then that changed my mind on a lot of things. She says, I do intend someday to be on Broadway, but I'm thinking that now I might do my story as a feature, like as a feature film. She said, uh, maybe possibly even a, a musical feature. So we're in talks about that. But then she says this, because I'm like, girl, you could have stopped there and we would have been hyped for a movie musical adaptation of your life. We're down for that, right? Uh, but then she says, I love Kristen Chenoweth. She's absolutely fantastic as far as like a person to play her. And then she said, you know, and there may also be opportunities for other actresses. Dolly, I respect. I love you so much. Once you have said, I love Kristen Chenoweth, all other actresses are in the ground. There is no one else to be considered. She said, "Uh, we probably have to have as long as my career has been. So like a little Dolly and a middle Dolly and then an older one. And I'm like, okay, number one, share show. Number two, is Megan Hilty okay? Yeah, I I was hurt for Megan Hilty. I... It it really hurt my heart because Megan sounds like freaking Dolly on that nine to five cast album. Like it was perfect. So sure, and she worked with her. Yeah. Like, and she's also let's say this: Miss uh, Megan Hilty did just play uh, Patsy Cline. She did, yeah, with Jesse Mueller. With Jesse Mueller. So she's already like famously played um, a, a country figure, if you will, in a feature film, um, in, in a film. But I just want to say that I really do co-sign Kristen Chenoweth for many, many reasons, but mainly her sense of humor and her the fact that she is an Oklahoma girl. Like she is a Southern woman. She understands like the tone she i i feel like she can properly tell that story if that's who they go with so i i am really excited about that idea but i did first think about megan Mm, poor megan so finally in some recommendations uh this is this is purely and i apologize i swear there's gonna be one day when i stop talking about this and whenever that day comes just let me know uh but the cast of assassins we got them together this was actually i was really really excited to to do this the day of the studio recording when we were doing the off-broadway cast recording um to honor sondheim i said you know like we've got to in in some ways like because it was so top of mind how are we thinking of him while we're doing this you know what what does the cast feel about what are what are their memories and so we kind of consolidated all that footage that I was able to shoot with Dan Tracy of Pinecrest Creative um, for to tr- to, in honor of him, uh, to tribute to him for his birthday today that we uh, released through P- Playbill. So it was a super exciting video that I don't know if you've gotten to watch, but it's it's a really sweet um, memory. And also like Judy Kuhn talking about like him holding court at her house opening night and Steve Pasquale talking about like, you know, what this means to him and, and Ethan talking about, you know, Stephen watching, Sondheim watching him play guitar and how that felt and it's just it's a really sweet lovely moment so if you've not had a chance to watch that please do um and then the other one is a comedic moment that i thought the internet created this video there's no way that this video is real when you sent it to me i was like absolutely not this is the funniest thing i've seen all day so Anne hathaway was on the kelly clarkson show and they're playing name that tune and she just busts into since you've been gone Anne hathaway does and it blew my mind it was absolutely bonkers because it was one of these things where it's like, if you know it, start singing it. And it's a Kelly, it is not a Kelly Clarkson song. It is like no, the me. Kelly Clarkson song. And Anne Hathaway jumps in and knows it right away. And yeah. not only that, but <laughs> sings the ever loving poop out of it. Like amazingly, like this was not 
you know, Fontaine, uh, Anne it's Hathaway. theater kid energy. That's exactly she's what giving it is. Cast, she's giving cast party energy. Yeah, and it's amazing. Kelly Clarkson, like, falls down in embarrassment because she couldn't get her own song. It was great. You know what, though? You know what it really made me think of, though, Grace? Say it. All the rumors that Anne Hathaway was supposed to be playing Bobby on Broadway and Company. Because it's not a rumor. It's real. It, no, it actually... Yeah, it... it it was. So I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bobby, honey. Yeah. Come on over. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I've i never understood the dislike for Anne Hathaway. I've always find her to be fun and charming and a little bit annoying, but she's a theater kid. Like you said, we're all fun, charming, and annoying. Like that's who we are. So I would like to see her on Broadway at some point, preferably in a musical. Uh, if not, if it's not going to be company, I would love to see her do something because girl can still sing whether you like her or not. If you find her annoying, that's on you. Oh, I adore her. I um, yeah, she can come out of that Connecticut home any damn time she wants and grace a Broadway stage. And I would. Uh, mm- I would like to see her in a play as well. I would like to see her in a musical. Oh. I would like to see her in her 54 Below show. No. Um, green room. I will, green room I will 42. support She's a green room 40. You know what? There are a lot of venues, and we got to spread the love. So on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You get the news before everybody else. It's damn well worth it. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow.